You're listening to the Canned Fruit Podcast with your favorite trio, Danielle, Jess, and Kia. We will have meaningful conversations on what it looks like to have compassion and respect when communicating with others. This show is a safe and brave space to open up. So let's start. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Canned Fruit, where we are talking about all things candid and fruitful conversation. I am here with the amazing Kia and Jessica. Hey gals. Hello. Hi everyone. So per usual, we've got another awesome topic today, but we are continuing down this conversation or, or like because it is it's our collective conversation about mm-hmm. how to have more fruitful and candid conversations and mm-hmm. so if you're doing a drinking game by now you should just <laughs> conversation but all jokes aside it's really important today's episode I think it's a really important one and it's mm-hmm. talking about standing in your truth I have lots of opinions about this but I am I'm curious to hear just off the cuff ladies what do you think when you hear the word standing Standing in your truth. Standing in your truth to me is when you, wow, when you understand, understanding that, and, and since this is for difficult conversations, it's understanding that what you believe is valid. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't even know how to put these words to it with, but yeah, basically I know that what I'm bringing to the conversation, what my beliefs, my thoughts, my everything that I'm bringing to the conversation are valid while also acknowledging that the other person is bringing everything that they're bringing to the conversation and that I don't need to sway myself for what mm. they're bringing to the conversation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that I like that it's a form of like I don't know that that reads as very confident to me saying like yeah I just I believe in myself like I know this to be true for myself I think I think that word truth is tough here but we're putting a word in front of it that I think is really important your truth, right? Mm -hmm. It's your individual truth. It's not anybody else's. So you get to define that for yourself. And so I think it's kind of a combination of actual honesty, like telling the truth and being true to yourself. It's kind of a combination of those things to me. Because you wanted, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jessica. No, 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 go ahead. I was just thinking about well, the truths with the capital T episode. And to your point, we were talking about, you know, the your in front of truth. And, and what it brings to my mind is that when we talked about truths with a capital T, it included honesty, active listening, introspection, validation, and empathy. And we've been talking a lot about where the individual, where you are in a conversation being just as important as where the other person is in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm tempted to think that when we think about truth, it's almost like we're going through some of those layers of truth. Are you honest with yourself? Are you listening to yourself? Have you taken some time to really think about where you're coming from so that you can show up in the conversation and be grounded? You know, I almost feel like these are the roots. If we're going to use analogies, like these are the roots of that truth. And that's why you can hold fast to where you are as compared to being swayed by what Mm -hmm. somebody else is bringing Mm. I think that's, that speaks to a lot of the difficulties that people have in standing in their truth, because I'm thinking I, this is not something that I, I personally struggle with standing in my truth. I feel like I show up pretty authentically in a, in most of my conversations to the point where people see me as aggressive instead of assertive. And that's something that I'm working on pulling back my truth pulling back on the honesty so that I do it with kindness. But there are people who experience it in the other way in that, like I show up as passive in conversations. And so I really struggle with standing in my truth. That might be where other people come from. 
it's, it's hard for me to understand that, but when you put it in the tree analogy of like being rooted, understanding, having a deep understanding of where you're coming from and what's important to you, that might be an easier way for some people to understand it, understand what it means to show up and stand in your truth. And I mean, they, the, the, like really just this analogy is accidental, but I do think it flows well because even like with any kind of like tree or planet, it, there's growth, there's change, mm-hmm. right? And so you can be rooted in these very powerful concepts of knowing who you are, you've thought about it, but that's ever growing, that's ever changing. And yeah. so there, there's got to be a distinction between saying, you say left, so now I go left, you say right, now I go right versus and then the other option which is I you know again I, I I see you in that Jessica that I'm also one that doesn't have much of a problem standing in my truth but there is uh, there's the other extreme of always sticking and not being yeah. able to the change you know that you know I just think that it's really important to remember that as we think about this analogy if you're rooted in these very important components of truth that like trees we have to be open to the elements and open to growing and altering based on what our environment's sharing with us because information changes, right? And interpretations mm. can be altered by lived experience. So those being grounded isn't being so locked in that there's no change, but it also can be this really balanced place of knowing who you are, knowing what you believe and knowing what you stand for, but also being open to listening to the other person. Beautifully said. Yeah. I'm just loving this analogy. The further and further you go with it, (laughs) it's perfection, literal perfection. It it is the definition of accidental perfection though. (laughs) We'll we'll take it. We'll take it. So, you you know, so one of the other things that, you know, I think is interesting and one, a good example of, of standing in your truth kind of come up when someone tells you no. And so the reason why I bring it up is because we've talked now about setting limitations and expectations, right? We've talked to, you know, to, to a good extent about the importance of needing to have that line and saying, this is, this is my space and respecting mine and respecting yours. But what does that look like, you know, in terms of like, what's the difference between standing your truth and setting these limits and expectations? Are they the same? You know, it. how, how do those relate to each other? Because I see the overlap, but it's not as clear as kind of like the truth with a capital T. I feel like I want to say the word battle, but I, I feel like it's that's kind of a harsh word. No, no, no. But <laughs> it's a an exchange, there we go, where you set your limit or or you understand your limit and you set your boundary. And if someone is confronting that limit or boundary in a way that you're not comfortable with and you push back on, you say no. And they're like, well, no to your no, where I I don't agree to your no. And we talked about that a little bit in the last episode, but just standing in your truth in this instance, at least I feel like is, I feel like standing in your truth when you're combating someone going against your boundaries and your limits is communicating that, saying to them, Mm. you know, this is whatever it is. This is my limit. This is my boundary. You're crossing that limit. You're crossing that boundary. If you're able to leaving that conversation, leaving that moment, with that, but just communicating, letting them know you've made me uncomfortable you have said something offensive, you have done whatever it is. I think in every conversation, communication is important, but especially when there's some type of exchange, aka difficult conversation going on. So based on what you're saying, Kia, like I'm having some reactions, positive ones, but I'm, I'm, I'm revisiting experiences that I've had where Again, I, I feel very aligned with Jessica that I'm often the one that has the strong opinion, but that that never means that I don't want the other person to speak their truth. Like those two things don't have to, it's not that I'm speaking my truth and then somebody else now has to have a small voice. It's it's that belief that I can say no and you can say no, but I'm going to keep saying no. 
right? And I don't, I'm not offended in an ideal world. I'm not offended by your no to my no, because it doesn't change. If, if I'm, if we're, if we're sticking with this tree analogy, I've accepted what the environment's saying, and I'm still saying no, I'm making an active constant, like a consistently evaluated decision that this still is a no for me. Um, and then we just have to figure out how to, to like, maybe we do need to physically separate. You need to just go on your business about your day. I have this ability of attracting people that are a little bit more introverted than me in a lot of cases. And I don't think introvert equals wavering opinion, by the way. And that's what I'm not saying, but for oh, the yeah, one, no, we need yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Cause I've seen it work the other way. And some of them, some of y'all kids. <laughs> Cause we keep getting collected by extra extroverts. So they're like, oh. <laughs> but, but I do think that I've met people. And so maybe that's less of an introvert extra thing, more of a, of a, of where are they rooted in this particular topic or, or whatever the topic might be at hand. And I find myself getting more frustrated when people fluctuate. I actually wouldn't mind if someone was in opposition because then we could come to understand each other a bit better. When you waver, what it, what it says to me is that there is what I'm learning thanks to Enneagram is that maybe that person just doesn't care that much, right? So I can't make a value judgment mm. on them because they waver. But what I can do is say, is this important to you? And then the answer can't be maybe, right? Or it can be, but it can make it more frustrating. It's harder to build that relationship and get an understanding in the conversation if, if I never get grounded in what your basis is. So I just, I, there's a lot being said there, but I just want to note that I do feel strongly that I can have an opinion and you can have an opinion. I can be strong and you can be strong. I'm not being in my strength. I'm not trying to silence you. And, and that's like you is the other person, you know, whoever's in that conversation, regardless of who they are or what demeanor they have. I'm just coming to the conversation with my truth mm-hmm. and how I've mm-hmm. been my lived experience. And while that can be perceived as aggressive, while that can be perceived as trying to silence someone, and I welcome pushback on this, I'm not really trying to silence you. I just have something to say to everything you say. That's my, that I've been, that's been my problem since I was a kid. I was a kid, mm-hmm. right? Like I always have a comeback. I always have a thought to your thought. And I'm, but my goal is never to silence you. It's that I have a new thought or I want to navigate this differently. So I'll stop there because I, I'm not sure I'm being fully clear, but I just feel like there's a lot of, if I end up being on this, like, well, you're, you're loud and I have to be quiet. And I'm like, that's not it. You can be whoever you need to be. This is just me showing up who I am, as who I am. Absolutely agreed. And like you're speaking to one of my strongly held beliefs. If you have an opinion that's contrary to mine, if you have an understanding, a belief, a, a moral, a thought, whatever it is that is contrary to mine, you can continue to have that thought that's contrary to mine. And what I also want to know is more about that because I'm not thinking like that. I don't have that idea. I don't hold that same thought. And so if I'm inquisitive, it might sound challenging, but really I just want to understand. I want to know more. And so I, I think for a lot of people, it can come across like that, like, oh, you are trying to change my belief when really it's just, oh, no, I just want to understand why you believe like this. So I'm asking these tough questions. Um, mm. So, yeah. And the questions are based on like, and they they also can, you can answer the question and still stay where you, like, I can answer your question key and stay, still stay where I am. Yep. I can answer that question, but it doesn't, I don't have to receive it as you altering me. If if by if the question is yielding answers that that encouraging me to grow in a different way, then I need to be open to that. But if it doesn't change my my stance on X, Y, and Z, then it doesn't change my stance. I know, Jessica, you were going to say something there. Yes, I guess I'll just start talking because it's not a fully formed thought. But I'm listening to you both. And I'm, I'm getting the impression that when people do not have a truth, they feel threatened by other people's truth. So I'm, because if you and Kia were having this conversation, this hypothetical conversation, and you were both standing in your truth, then you would both be able to say like, okay, that's that person's truth. I'm able to hold my truth. They're able to hold their truth. I understand 
baseline the concept of what it means to stand in your truth. So I know that I can do it. And I also recognize that the other person can do it. But I'm hearing that there are other people who don't understand the concept at all. And so when they're told an opposing truth that they don't fully believe as truth, they've just been told to think that way. They see it as a threat to their own truth in quotes, right? To the, to the other thing that they've been told to believe by somebody else. And now they have another person telling them to think a different way. When instead, that really difficult task of introspection hasn't been tackled. Like, what do I think is true? What, do, what feels right in my body? What feels right to my soul? Not just what I've been told by this person versus what I've been told by this person. I don't, I don't have a response, Jessica, but I'm now I'm just, you've, as usual, opened up a entirely other aspect that I hadn't considered this, considered this assumed or adopted truth. Yeah. I don't even know, like we have to come up with a new word for that because it's, it's not yours. It's, it's not yeah. your truth. It's someone else's truth that you have assumed. So I have a yeah. question then. Can you have a candid and fruitful conversation without knowing your truth? No. Well, yes. Oh, okay. So I landed it. Yes. Let me, yes. Let, me, let me hear both of you first and then I will partake in there. I think because you're allowed to, you're allowed to change your position. I mean, we're talking about like the tree and the root and all that stuff. Like you can't, it's hard to like uproot a tree and then it survive, but we're always growing, right? We're allowed to modify what's true to us and things happen in life that we then have a new experience to look back on and we can adapt. And so if you're coming to the conversation either standing in your truth, knowing what that truth is, or with a growth mindset, which we've mentioned before, of like, I don't know about this. I don't have a truth yet, but I'm willing to listen to this other person and see if it feels right to me, right in my body, right to my soul. Then you can internalize that. You can grow with that. So I don't think you have to have a truth to have a candid and fruitful conversation. Yeah. Okay. So I, maybe I interpreted it a little bit differently, which is why I got to my no, which is I was thinking of someone. So sorry, the question again was. Can you have a candid and fruitful conversation without knowing your truth? Okay. So I tied it back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier where they my assumption was that this person had an assumed truth and that they were going to stick to that assumed truth mm-hmm. without growing, mm-hmm. without acknowledging that, well, maybe this actually isn't true for me. And so I was thinking, no, you can't have a candid and fruitful conversation if you, one, it's not your truth, but you're going to fight for it. And two, you're not, since it's not your truth, and, but you're still going to fight for it. I don't see how you could be open to any form of learning about the other, the, 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 I guess, opposing side of that conversation, mm. but I still agree with Jessica. So a yes. Well, yours in- makes sense too. <laughs> <laughs> so the way Jessica says, yes. <laughs> the way I say no. Yes. <laughs> well, so my, my one added add in there is I said yes, but because I think, because, you know, I, I'm a huge believer of just speaking to your feelings. Right. And if you came into the conversation and someone's and, and someone, you don't have a truth on this saying that I don't have a truth on this. Right. Like yeah. you can have a candid conversation and just speak to the fact that this is not something that you've 
thought of. There is no shame in not knowing. And, you know, when, when we were talking a bit before, I had thought about this and I was just like, Kia, I mean, all three of us come to difficult conversations in foreign, but we, we, we laugh because Kia is like a researcher at her core. Like she can't, she can't not research. Right? <laughs> and, but there is this need for expertise a lot of times in this judgment of, I can't come into the conversation if I'm not an expert, or if I, if I say something, I will be shamed for being wrong. Yeah. And that's something that happens across the board in any conversation is if you come into a conversation unprepared, it's, you're not forgiven for the mistakes you've made. You're shamed for the mistakes you made. And, and in some cases it's, you shouldn't have come to the conversation that I'm prepared, but from an enlightened place, we've all been in situations where we were not fully informed and made opinions based on that lack. And some of those situations might be small and some of them might've been big. And so I say all that because I'm thinking about this question of, can you have a candid conversation? Yeah, you can, if you're honest about where you are and come yeah. from a place of knowing that, or a place of freedom that you don't have to be an expert on everything. This is your opinion based on the information you've had, right? If your information has been that certain communities are less than you, well, come to the conversation saying that, but also come to the conversation knowing that that information may be inaccurate. Right. right. And if and I, and I wonder how many of these like really heated debates where people actually come to conversations open to the fact that they might not know everything about that topic or being OK with the fact that or the other party. Right. The, the, the other party that might have the higher footing, not shaming the other person for not knowing either. Yeah. And so I think it's just an interesting balance in can I be truthful and not an expert and come into a conversation? Yeah, you can. You can just say, I'm not an expert on this. This is what I know to be true, but I know that it might not be all of it. Yes, that, that's definitely been one of my biggest, my biggest growth points is I won't, I would not, there we go, because I'm growing. I wouldn't enter a conversation if I felt like I didn't have, you know, facts to to back me up or that I didn't have an understanding of the situation or whatever it was. And it's one of the reasons why I've kind of garnered this reputation, I guess, as a know-it-all, because if I don't know it, there's no reason for me to speak. So the only time Mm -hmm. I'm speaking is if, if I, if I have some, a lot of knowledge or expertise in that area, there's like, cause if I don't, then, then I'm not going to say anything. So that's why it's like, well, you're always right. Yeah, because if I'm wrong, why would I even open my mouth? Like, <laughs> so can I just throw out another option though? I sure. it, for my friends, not not you, Kim, because you you do have strong opinions, right? And you're right. You don't yes. come into the conversation unless you're you, you're well thoroughly prepped for the conversation. If you ask Kia about Cheetos, she'll tell you about the Cheetos. But <laughs> but I'm curious about how you all feel about this. I love hearing certain people talk, right? I love hearing their thoughts on topics. Like if I care about you, I want to know where you stand, even if it's like just a pinky toe in the water, because I get to learn, like, even as I talk about it, like I get to learn a little bit more, you know, as I've, I think we joked a few episodes ago that the fact that I get to be with you, Kia, and you, Jessica, is like a miracle in itself, because you both have demeanors that kind of say, you know, give me 50 feet. And (laughs) what, what, what is great about that is as you all have allowed me to just get to know just that little bit of a pinky toe into your lives, I felt very grateful, whether or not it's been an expert maybe it's been an opinion maybe it's been fact maybe it's been something that's been changed in how you feel since the time I met you but just knowing that little bit helped and uh, not from a nosy place I know we've talked about that Jessica but from yeah. a place of can we relate can I understand more about you can I learn a bit more about you that's powerful. So I just want to, I want to share that because there have been people that are relatively quiet. And when they start talking about anything, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you for opening up your mind and your heart and your mouth, you know, to, to share what you think about the world and the world that we both live in. 
that I've noticed is that I, I, I use this term I used a little bit earlier that I get collected by extroverts. And so it's like, I don't know a lot of people around me whose opinions I don't already know about oh, a lot of right. subjects. That's so different. I'm just trying to, I was just trying to think if there was anyone and I can't right now. Well, I'll just throw out that I, I, I have a lot of extroverts because we also seem we we seem to attract everybody. We attract everybody. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I attract I said collect. You collected me. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. But I, what I was thinking is that, for example, my partner, he's he's very thoughtful, but also very quiet. And I think what is interesting about interactions with him and how I've seen him and people like him in, in engage in the world is that there is an opinion there. There is mm an opinion there and either by lived experience training you know being you know the the, the emotional ego bruise every now and again for some reason some people kind of brush that off or have been trained to brush it off and some people have been trained to like you know to key maybe to more to your point keep it in until you're sure shield, shield themselves from it right yeah. right and i found it really not necessarily always empowering for me because I got now I've like I'm we we get into more in conversations now but there is something to be said about like there's been there was a lot of time where I was just like there's an opinion there you know and this goes back to like being a a big energy it's that that big energy can make other people feel like they need to shell up and I'm like "No, no, no 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 we can both be big energies or you don't have to be an energy like me, but you can have an opinion. And I know you have an opinion and it's not going to taint my interpret my impression of you. So I don't know if that was particularly helpful, but I just think that I have, I have witnessed people with strong opinions feel as though that they can't or that they shouldn't because of a number of reasons. And I just welcome anybody listening to remember that those, those opinions, those thoughts, those truths that you have are important. We just always need to be really prepared to grow and learn in the conversation too. And so I know I'm talking a lot, but there's the other thing I wanted to say to something Kia said earlier about kind of like when we're talking about no's and how you address them. If someone really cares about you, this goes back to something you've been take, talking about a long time ago about like, do you have the energy? Do you want to give this person your energy? I have heard no's from people that matter to me and it may have given me a negative reaction in the moment, mm. but it's rare that I don't go back, think about it and come back to it and say, that was your truth. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing it with me. You know, how long it takes for me to get there, that's on me. That's not on them. Um, yeah. But I, I just want to just name the fact that these these truths, this, this, and what we think about as truths are often things that are combative to the other person, right? Something that makes the other piece person feel off-putting. Because if the truth was, you're great, again, it's less of a challenge, right? But it's when that thing is in opposition to somebody else, that's when it comes up as an issue. And so I just want to also welcome that in the practice of standing in your truth, there are going to be people, there are going to be reactions that are not necessarily positive if the other person's on the, you know, on, on, you know, affronted by what's happening. And, but the practice is continuing to do it because you'll realize that other, that people that matter, the people that respect you will come back to the conversation, will come back to you as a person. Well, these, these last two things that you've said are really linked. They're intimately linked that a person can feel as though they can't be truthful or stand in their truth. And that sometimes people have reactions to people standing in their truth. And so if anybody is struggling, if you're one of those people who's like, yeah, I never actually say my opinion then my advice would, would be to practice first standing in your truth with people who do care, with people who are like what Danielle has just said, who will come back to it and say, like, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your opinion. Please continue to share them with me. Because if you don't start there, you're just going to get bombarded with other people's opinions and truths. And you'll always feel like you shouldn't have. Like you shouldn't have shown up. I, I I just, I love that you say practicing that with people who 
you do trust who you know, love you, will come back to you. And I, because last episode we talked about how I'm working on my emotional intelligence. I just literally did a, a workshop on emotional intelligence this morning. And one of the things was practicing in, you know, um, trying to practice in safe, guess, I guess, safe conversations, a conversation mm. that, you know, is easy. Don't try and practice your emotional intelligence in a very hard conversation. Like, oh, let me practice now. You no, know, try and practice, you know, when you're just talking about your spouse's day, when you're asking a coworker what they did over the weekend, like just practicing those easy ways. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, that's good. And I was just thinking like, for every skill you're trying to build on, try and practice when you aren't feeling threatened when it's it's a safe way to practice because you know you don't practice for the world series you know in the world series right Right. like you don't yeah that's not the practice time so just whatever skill you're working on you're building on especially these conversational skills practicing them and you'll realize every day you're having conversations whether it's via text, whether it's via social media, whether it's it's face-to-face on the phone with your spouse, with your friends, with your coworkers, whatever it is. And you're like, you know what? I can practice a little bit of this now and, and, and just take that time for you. So there are so many, so many really interesting things being discussed here. And then I just looked at our kind of like our, our where we want to keep the conversation. And I'm like, there's so much more we, we, we want to cover. So just thinking that we, we always have like our quote. And so I'll, I'll, I'll read the one that he had told me not to read. And it's the person who at any stage of a conversation disagrees should at least hope to reach agreement in the end. He should be as much prepared to have his own mind changed as seek to change the mind of another. Hmm. No one who looks upon disagreement as an occasion for teaching another should forget that it is also an occasion for being taught. And this is from Mortimer J. Alder, How to Read a Book, the Classic Guide to Intelligent Reading. And there's so much to unpack here, but give me your thoughts on this quote. Well, my initial reaction is that this is kind of what we've been talking about so far in this episode, that if you approach something, if you approach a conversation with a growth mindset and you're, you don't take the position that standing in your truth makes you holier than another person, makes you better than them, makes you more educated, this is you're going to end up learning something from the other person too, not just teaching them. You might learn why they haven't learned what you've learned yet, Mm -hmm. but you're at least going to learn something. Yeah. I just like that last, maybe it's because I'm, I'm in the field of adult education. I like that last part, which is no one who looks upon disagreement as an occasion for teaching another should forget that it is also an occasion for being taught. And I just, I was trying to think of a semi-safe topic, which I don't know how safe this is, but for example, trickle-down economics, right? So there are people who are on both sides of this issue. Some believe that trickle-down economics work. Some believe that it doesn't work. But if I'm going to go into a conversation with someone about this, then not only am I going to tell them why I think it doesn't work, they're going to tell me why they think it does work. And yeah, no, that's it. That's it. But they, at the end, they could still believe that it, it's working or hasn't had the chance to fully work out yet. Mm-hmm. And in the end, maybe, maybe I'll, what I, I, my mind wouldn't change. What I would be is more enlightened on why some folks think that it works. Yeah. I mean, this quote doesn't say like, change your opinion, right? Mm -hmm. It says, learn something. Yeah. And there's, I think people think that they're the same thing. People think that like, oh, my entire position on this has to be changed for me to have learned something. That's not the case. Well, so that brings us into the concept of resolution, right? Mm. What does that actually look like in conversation? And maybe we need to spend more time digging into that independently, but the, you know, 
when you stand in your truth, is the result is does there have to be resolution or is there success in the fact that you've stood in your truth? Man, I think I need to pull pull a U2 and Google the word resolution here. <laughs> I think while while Jess is Googling, I think. Ooh, what do I think? Just just so you know, Kia, I always want a resolution. I think when it is with someone I love, I want a resolution because it feels better. When it's with someone that is, when we're having a disco- discussion about something more heated, and I guess it's hard because like I can have heated discussions with people that I love, but I'm thinking about the colleague that is saying something that is offensive at work. Mm-hmm. And do I want resolution there? Mm, I don't think I need resolution there. So resolution is for me. Like I don't need resolution. Like the resolution is for me. It is my resolution. They might feel the issue is resolved in a way that's good for them. And I might feel it's resolved in a way that's good for me. And they might not be the same resolution. It's, oh, I mean, Mm-hmm. And the next episode, we're going to talk, or yeah, in the next episode, we'll talk a bit about apologies. And I feel like maybe that's a type of resolution and mm-hmm. is quite honestly for me as an apology in essence is for me as much as it is for the other person. But the a resolution in general, I'm thinking just, that's just me. That's how I want this to end. I I totally agree with what Kia is saying, especially now that I've read the definition. Let me read you the definition. Oh, yes, please tell us. (laughs) Resolution. A firm decision to do or not to do something. So I think we think of it in like a... Like kumbaya. uh, Yeah, and like a positive outlook, some kind of like... That's that's the connotation, but that's not the definition. (laughs) And so I'm kind of agreeing with Kia that like, it's, it's for me, I can choose. And to me, it comes back to that truth. I can choose to modify my truth or to continue down the path of the truth that I held before the conversation, right? I can, I can take what I learned and add it to the truth that I came with. Or I can say, I, I'm glad that I learned that about you. I'm glad that I learned that about the thing we were discussing, but I don't need to add it to my truth. And that in itself, your own decision of what you're going to do with that conversation is the resolution of the conversation. Yes. Like how you're just saying, like we think of resolution as like kumbaya, we all agreed, everything's happy. The resolution could be that, wow, Danielle and I don't see eye eye at all on that. Yep. Ever. Um, Ever. And that's right. just how it is like that's just that's just the resolution we don't agree and we're not going to maybe so I am the one in in a group maybe this group that (laughs) tends for example (laughs) be very sensitive about the environment about not not in like in a global warming kind of way but like in a room I can read the vibes of people like does this person is this one, is this person happy right now? Is this person like, this person seems really uncomfortable. Oh, I could have said, this person could have said that differently. I, and, and we'll go into this a bit because I think it's a really fascinating tone policing. But if someone had said that a little bit different, I can tell that that interaction would have gone differently. Yeah, right. And so what I hear you all saying is that what you're really, in my mind, you're really resolved with whatever outcome happens with you being independently resolute because right if you're if you use the definition as it is defined there which I think is brilliant and actually I would I would much rather that be the definition than the one I've carried which is like we're all kumbaya together right and we figured it out but the resolution could mean that it's awkward af after (laughs) this resolution right And what you two are saying is that you're not only using the proper definition of resolution, you've made a decision, you're done. You're also resolved from an emotional intelligence perspective with whatever awkwardness happens after that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't always say that that's where I am. I tend to land in a resolution either way, but I then feel the repercussions of it strongly. So that doesn't change. Again, this is about knowing your, your, your roots, knowing standing in your truth, right? 
If you stand in your truth, however that awkwardness makes you feel, you're going to stick with your truth, right? And I think, you know, and I, when I hear you all talking about it, I instantly was just like, oh, they're okay with, they're a hundred percent okay with the awkwardness that could come after. While Mm -hmm. I think about that awkwardness, I revert back into, am I standing in my truth? Is a, do the reasons stand? And then I make the decision that, yeah, that awkwardness is, it's going to be, it needs to be, right? If we're talking about like a colleague type situation, we maybe have a social justice type conversation at work, realizing we're not on the same side. I can continue to work with you in a professional, you know, capacity. But when you talked about the awkwardness, if it if it ended up impacting our professional relationship, then I have no problem addressing it and seeing what needs to change if if what would need to change in the environment so that we could continue our professional relationship because someone can be just a colleague some people like need to be friends with all their co-workers I do not need that mm. you can be a colleague you can be a friend you can be a friend and a colleague remember I, I, have, I have no problem setting boundaries this is fine with it yeah I, I I agree with that angle Kia I think that makes sense in terms from and obviously it makes sense for you but I think it, as I'm processing mm-hmm. this it makes sense for me too but again I, I, I think in our trio here, there mm-hmm. is a population missing in that there are the people that will value the awkwardness over whatever budding roots they have. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only reason why I wanted to speak, put, mm-hmm. put words to that social environment component, mm-hmm. because setting in your truth is, not a, is, is never a bad thing and won't always yield negative results. It's not standing your truth equals bad in awkward environment, but there are going yeah. to be those moments where that happens. And again, just, you know, encouraging people to take that, to continue to practice, like you said, Jessica, and like, see that, okay, there might be that awkwardness, but that doesn't outweigh the truth that you needed to carry. That's As exactly we, what I was about to say. <laughs> like, what's more, like, what's more important, the the environment or your truth? Right. Mm-hmm. I just, as we've been talking, like this, because I have this thing about words. Like sometimes in environments or when, when people are talking, like just words stick out to me. And like, as we've been talking bravery, just how brave you have to be to mm-hmm. stick to what you believe without being I'll say unnecessarily swayed because someone could say something that's actually a good point and that does sway you Mm -hmm. but understanding what you believe being confident in what you believe just takes a lot of bravery so if you're not currently doing it and you're working up to it then great that's what this whole podcast is about growing and being better there's a book called the person you mean to be by Dolly Chu I believe is how you say her last name. And it talks about how we, in in like a fixed mindset, we think of ourselves as a good person. And then if anything attacks that, that persona that we have of ourselves as a good person, then we feel threatened, right? But if we think of ourselves as always growing of being a better person, when mm. we are challenged in a way that might make us feel like we're not being a good person, then we just continue to grow. We continue to try and do better instead of being, oh, I am a good person. You are wrong. You've now threatened my identity type thing. So I just think about that. I always think about this such that uh, there's an and, right? So Mm -hmm. you can be a good person and be flawed, which Mm -hmm. is basically everyone. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that might be a, a, a truth with a capital T. You are <laughs> and, and, and you're so right, Kia, because I'm thinking you, again, a lot of our conversations started about racial justice in the United States, which can, which speaks directly to what you're talking about, that I'm good. I believe these things that are being attacked. Now this person is attacking my goodness not attacking the thought process and the logic. And in some cases it's, it is attack, right? And that goes back to us saying like both parties, whatever side of the conversation you're on, it's, you need to be thinking about that. But that, that good and flawed gives space Mm. to say, Mm. 
I can learn, I can grow. And I, I, I hope we can like keep revisiting that concept because I wonder how it manifests in a lot of different conversations. If I make a mistake of work, am I good and flawed? So I can still be a good person. I can still be a good professional and still be competent. A, I can still be competent and make a mistake and have, and learn from it. Right. Yeah. And right. It. And grow. Yep. Few. Mm. I <laughs> I have so many more questions to ask, but I'm just, you know, some of the things that we've talked about are, you know, in, in studying truth. And I, I guess like the takeaway seems that we still believe that it's important to do. We still believe it's important to practice and that it's okay if you haven't come to terms with that truth, but being direct and explicit about the fact that that truth you haven't formulated an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there any things that we might've missed? But I, I do think that that kind of sums up the takeaways of like the value of standing in your truth. Or maybe that's the question I'm looking at you, Jessica, like what, what are some of the, like, what's, what's the benefit of standing in your truth in the conversation? Well, I'll ask your, I'll answer your first question first, which is, have we missed anything? And the only thing that I can think of, and this is from personal experience is kindness that you can stand in your truth and you can be honest and be kind. That's something that I'm still learning how to do because the words that you say and how you say them matter, that another person wants honesty. If we just believe that to be true, that other people want to hear honesty, Mm -hmm. but they also want to hear it a certain way. They don't want to hear it in an unkind way. That's something that I just want to throw out there that I'm still working on the, like the reeling it in kind of like this brutal honesty kind of. We, I, you know, funny you bring that up just because it was something that I think was initially a part of what we were trying to convey. But as, as we talked through this, I started realizing that I like you <laughs> have a lot of opportunity for growth in that space and that it might be beneficial to spend some time digging into our beliefs of what honesty looks like in a conversation and Ooh. what it can look like in a conversation. And can those two various things be both you know, equally as effective? Are they equally effective? And so I, I, I hear you on that. And I, I just, I'm, I look forward to us digging into it. Yeah. Yeah. I already have all kinds of things. We've got notes. We've got notes, people. (laughs) We're still on it. Anyway. And then your second, your second, your second question was what's like the value, the benefit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think this is a really difficult question for me because I, I don't know what it's like to not you see it so strongly. You see the yeah. all the value in standing in your truth. Yes. Yes. So I don't have a good answer for that because I, it's something that comes very naturally to me. Yeah. But I think from a, per, from, from a perspective of not, of seeing other people struggle with it, like you were saying earlier, it's never my intention for you to just adopt my truth mm-hmm. or for me, for my truth to be silencing to your truth. Mm-hmm. And so from a person who's, who stands confidently in their truth pretty frequently, I would just want other people to know that your truth is valid and important and really crucial to other people developing their truths as well. Definitely. I just want to add that I see if you're not standing in your truth, I see that the detriment of not standing in your truth is that your needs aren't being met, your thoughts aren't being truly considered because you aren't expressing your true self. And I see in people who are not as confident in standing in their truth as Jessica, that then they become, like it has negative emotional impacts like they become resentful Mm. or really that's the the biggest one resentful but it's I find it hard to empathize because they haven't expressed what they needed Mm. 
so this is you're presenting something I was trying to get at earlier way more eloquently than I did before. <laughs> it is that it, it resentment is such just like a silent killer because mm-hmm. it not only like turns off the voice of the person, it turns the emo- like the the way they present, way someone presents to the world in a in a really different way and so when I think about resentment it is I hear you on not being empathetic about it but as of what I've learned from the experience of seeing that resentment show up is that it's it's learned in some ways in the same way like we've learned to stand in our truth the Mm. experience has have taught other people not to speak their truth and Mm. resentment is the byproduct yeah you know, and so it's it's that feeling of when you're on the opposite side of it, I'm just like, that's like, that's unacceptable. Right. But if if we really can come into the conversation, if you're the person that's talking with someone that has this resentment, sometimes, again, I, I'm, I'm a huge believer of saying what you feel and then sometimes putting words to it, like I feel like there's a sense of resentment here. Is there something, you know, so sometimes you have to put, not put words in other people's mouth, but put, give space and speak to the emotion that they're feeling because they might not have actually ever put words to what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. That emotional intelligence. Right. So important. And that's the thing though, Kia, like when you're dealing with adults, it's harder to be empathetic because we all now know you can Google anything. anything, Right. But maybe it's like, if this is a person that you're having positive, generally positive experiences with, you're you're invested in their reality and they're invested in yours, then maybe it is worth having a few discussions about how this feels like a conversation point for emotional intelligence. Maybe they should explore it independently and see what comes from that. But that, yeah. that resentment is, I think, a huge, I think it is probably the number one byproduct of not standing in your truth because you feel stomped on. Mm. unheard right Mm. and that's why I want to give power to the people that don't have an opinion on some things to just say well my truth is that I don't have a stance and think about it though you can't just use it as a default because the resentment is going to show up either way you know whether you whether you tell the truth or not it's going to be there because you have an opinion but if you genuinely don't feel one way or another the truth and the powerpoint is saying I don't have one and being heard for that truth is equally as important Few. Mm. Two fuse in this show. Two fuse. <laughs> oh, a short fuse. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, puns anonymous, I tell you. <laughs> oh, well, with that, as always, Jessica Kia, it is an honor and a pleasure to like just chat with you about these things. Yeah, and go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, it's a rabbit hole, but it's a rabbit hole that we can use and uh, we hope yeah. we can use hopefully <laughs> empower better. other people to use yeah empower yes. other people uh, yeah empower ourselves but with that we will see you all next time until then please continue to have candid and fruitful conversations and we will see you then bye bye toodles open up that brings us to the end of this canned fruit podcast episode Thank you listeners for joining us today. We also want to thank our assistant producer, Brianna Jovan from What's Good Productions. If you enjoyed our show, we invite you to connect with us on Instagram at CanFruitPod and email us at CanFruitPod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And be sure to come back next time for another discussion as we continue to have candid and fruitful conversations. Until then, this is Jessica, Kia, and Danielle. And don't forget to open up.